Hey, Kevin. Hey, Louis. Sorry, I was I was mid sip. She's a sipper. <laughs> yeah. So just a, just a little taste. A little. I, I thought you you'd be ripping shots. <laughs> Oh, I, I did. I, I did 10 shots, and then I was like, need a little sip of water just yeah. to make sure. Just a little something, something. Um, a friend Don't want to wake up with a hangover. <laughs> oh, God forbid. <laughs> At your advanced age, you'll never wake up. Uh, 27, I know. Crazy. <laughs> My friend over the weekend told me that the he, he used the word carcass, like the carcass of a lime, and I don't like that. It feels like very aggressive, like nomenclature for just saying like the rind of a whatever. He said that if don't you put... Be- don't we just call them, yeah, don't we just call them rinds? Don't we call them peels if we're yeah, even yeah. like? <laughs> the point is, he said that you're not supposed to be putting your the carcass of your lemons and limes in your drinks because that leads to like, the, oh, because they don't wash the limes and lemons. And so all like the gross bacteria on those are now in your drinks. And and he was like, and that makes you crazy. And I was like, babe, that's not what's making you crazy. It's your, <laughs> I was like, it's your um, drinking habit and your homosexuality. <laughs> If you're if you're just dropping them in straight vodka, it's killing those germs right away. Anyways. Hello, hello, in your gay water. <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome to the Mixed Reviews. We are a film podcast where we take a film subject such as an actor, director, or mini genre. We take two weeks, we watch as much as we can, do a ton of research, give you an entire history, and tell you what we like and what we don't like. Yeah, the the key I always say is watch as much as we can. We're not we're not doing all of it. We're we're doing our best. That oh my god, that's I... our new tag. That's our new tagline. We're not doing all of it. We're doing our best. <laughs> doing our best. I love that. I love that. It only took us Print five years. That t-shirt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, note note to self: make a new t-shirt. <laughs> we're not doing all of it. Just doing our best. Oh, I love that so much. Um, I love it too. Yeah, the. Uh... Yeah, I surprisingly, for our subject today, even though we're not going to talk about that quite yet, um, you did I all watched it. a lot. Yeah. I, watched, I mean, not not all of it. There's still some indie stuff, and I'm shocked even at my, like, I'm a, I'm a bit of a video detective, and I yeah. I still had some trouble, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we searched far and wide uh, to watch for our, for these episodes, and but sometimes, it, you know, it is uh lost treasures that will could not be found and, and maybe for a good reason who knows um <laughs> no shade except all shade uh before we get into today's uh subject though we have a little bit of old business to take care of um so la- old so old just like Gavin. um <laughs> <laughs> I, set, I set it up i knew it was coming <laughs> and i knocked it down um <laughs> Our last episode, we had the wonderful Brian Sutfeld here to talk about his favorite actor, uh, Adam Driver. And uh, we asked you guys to go online and vote for your favorite Adam Driver performance. And here are the results. Um, <laughs> Star Wars came in in last place, which I support. There, there was a long period of time in which there is only one vote for Star Wars. And I was like... We have curated our audience very well. Apparently. Very well. They <laughs> they know what they're what they like. Um, so yeah, Star Wars came in at last place. We, we kind of grouped together all of the episodes um, at eleven percent. Black Klansman came in at twenty percent. Marriage Story came in at thirty three percent. And Patterson with a surprise win with thirty six percent. It barely eked it out over Marriage Story, which was uh, my pick and Brian's pick. Uh, your pick, Patterson, though. Poetry, baby, pure poetry. I don't want to say I'm good at math because I'm mm. not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that if I'm doing if I'm doing the calculations correctly, Patterson won by two votes, three votes at most. Like wow. 
the, the, they stayed in line. They truly did. I'm I'm surprised. I'm happy. I'm glad for those of you who've seen Patterson. If you've not seen Patterson, I highly encourage you to do it. If you've not seen Marriage Story, I highly encourage you to do it. Both are equally fantastic performances. Black Klansman's great. Yep. Um, Star Wars exists. Star and... Wars is, in fact, there. Um, we did get <laughs> uh, a couple of other uh, things. Uh, someone mentioned Silence, which we said was a very beautiful movie. He's, uh, his accent work is what we called into question, I would yeah, say. Yeah, and, and also, I would say, that, like fourth lead fifth yeah. lead like for a movie that long he is not long for it um yeah. we also got a this is where i leave you which is a seek treatment moment um <laughs> and what is this movie with Mackenzie davis that's what if the the movie i gave my one star review oh wow wow, yeah. wow, wow, wow 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 yeah also known as the f word in every other civilized country yes um, Mackenzie Davis, we love you, but that movie is not it, girl. You know, it's it's not her fault, and she's barely in it. Uh, what if it is not? <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt watching it. Um, but thank you, Adam Driver. Uh, I hope you made a lot of money and never have to play Kylo Ren. Is that right? Thank Very you. Good. Thank you. I, I I host a movie podcast. I know that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Chels. <laughs> Shout out to Chels. <laughs> Chels loved your Kylo Ren. Or, uh, see, I can't even say it wrong. Rilo now. Ken. Rilo Ken. Rilo Rilo Ken. Ken. That's I, the... sh- I should have. I made a mistake. I should have worn my uh, my Kylo Ren Jepsen shirt last week. Oh, and I didn't do it. Wow. 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 wow, wow. I love fake being fan. Gay. I love gays. I love being gay. <laughs> love gays so much. So creative. <laughs> uh, Gavin, we also have other old business, though. The May Madness Tournament is finally at an end. It is. I'm excited that we got a, 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 tr- a truly great person to do the film history of. I. It's funny. I did receive a little shade from somebody Uh-oh. that was just like, basically like, another poll. And it's like, okay, you don't have to participate. Like, we're not forcing. We're not putting a gun to every. We know... There's also a vast majority of our audience that does not have Twitter, and I can't in good conscience ask you to sign up now, though do join our Patreon. <laughs> That's you, you don't have to be on Twitter to be on our Patreon. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And also, like, Lady Gaga, do what you want with your body. Like, <laughs> if you exactly. don't want to... Uh, have you heard of fun? Okay. We had a stacked lineup of actresses who all were worthy, all, all are worthy of coverage, um... Honestly, there were some heartbreakers in there for me. You know, my there were some de- heartbreakers in there for me. The the, the girlies were dropping left and right. Um, but <laughs> when when Debbie Reynolds lost, I was like, oh no. <laughs> I know, I know. In the end, we had Pam Greer versus Vivica A. Fox. Gavin, please reveal the results. And the winner is by two votes. Oh my god, Pam Greer. Pam Greer, oh my goodness, wow, wow, wow. Yeah. I, I thought Vivica was going to take it, but... It really looked like Vivica was going to take it there for a long time. Yeah. She bounced through that bracket, just like... Easy breezy. Um, I'm excited. I have not seen a lot of Pam Greer movies. I saw one today for today's subject. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that'll be very interesting cool. So that will be our next episode. Episode, Yeah. So All thank right. you, everybody that participated, everybody that didn't participate. Also, just thank you for listening. Like, we, we're very happy to have you. We we The only reason we do something like that is we want you to be 
able to contribute to the show or to feel included. And and so it's it's fun for us and we it's hopefully fun for you. And it's yeah. cool to like have you all pick a subject for us. Yeah, and Debbie Reynolds, we will avenge you. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, uh don't worry, you will get your episode on Deborah Winger. You Deborah will Winger, get it. please. I want to learn. <laughs> I feel like Tarzan. <laughs> I want to know. Can you show uh, me? End meeting. <laughs> Who are these strangers like me? Strangers uh, not out. like me. <laughs> get out. <laughs> See what happens uh, but, when we drink on this fucking podcast. <laughs> I know. It's been a while. Um yeah, Dan was like, are you going to fix yourself a fancy cocktail for the show? And I was like, I don't always fix myself a fancy cocktail. And he's like, yes, you do. And, and, like, and you're lies. While, you, while you're like literally macerating plums. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's um, fancy. It is fancy. It sounds delish. But okay. Anyway, moving on. Uh, we're drinking today. Um, <laughs> for good reason. Um, I think that's all of our business, so why don't we move into the meat of our show and talk about who we're talking about today. Gavin, who's the girly we're covering today? The rough and tumble, the exciting, mm. the mm. sometimes brash, yes. but always ballsy, yes. Michelle Rodriguez. Michelle Rodriguez, who I truly just think is so beautiful. Every yes. time I see her, I'm like, my God, a goddess. and I, I can't. I thought about, like, why isn't she in Marvel movies yet? Like, why isn't she Thor's anything? Um, yeah. Because she is that girl. Uh, but, yeah, we, we've run across Michelle in a couple of episodes we've done. Uh, you know, we did, um, God, what's his name? Robert. Robert Rodriguez. Robert he Rodriguez. shares the last name with her, even though they're not related. Uh, yeah, Robert it's just Rodriguez. a very common last name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the Smith of Mexicans. Um, <laughs> she's not Mexican; she's Dominican. No, she's uh, Dominican and and Puerto Rican. I believe. There you go. Um, but yeah, so we've we've seen her in Machete when we did that that episode. Um, what else have we seen? Anything else of hers? Or maybe it was just Robert Rodriguez. Well, episode. I mean, we we'd also encountered some of the fast moves because literally every working actor True. in Hollywood is in them nowadays. We covered SWAT when we did our Colin Farrell episode. Yes, yes. So there's certainly been dips and dabbles in which yes. we've run into Miss Rodriguez. We've dabbled in the Michelle Rodriguez <laughs> waters before. And honey, they taste so good. Um you know yeah. what's so funny is uh, this is a complete sidebar, but I'm gonna leave it in. I found an interview with her. I think it was for like it was like AP or like one of the fashion magazines. And listen, the guy interviewing her was a member of the tribe, clearly. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and and she was just fucking cutting up, having the greatest time. And I was just like, you know what? I want to take her to a gay bar. Yes. I want to hang out. Like, I mean, let, I us, hang not, out. let us not forget, Michelle Rodriguez is a bicon. Um, yes, exactly. She's part of the tribe herself. She is yes. bi-sister. I mean, what's what's wrong with being bi? <laughs> I mean, we're getting flack everywhere we go. What's going on? <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, the people, you know, in the field making these movies need to be the ones making those decisions. They just need to write more openly. Uh, bye. Yeah. I fall under the B category. All right. Bicon. I like that. I Bicon, never heard that yeah. Um, I, I just bet she's a great for a kiki. Um, you know, she's, she's like had a very 
you know, interesting life, had some like ups and downs, you know, struggled through like all sorts of things. Um, but I think now she's a more mature version of herself, obviously. And she's, she's seen it all. She's done it all. Um, and you know, I think when, when did I first see Michelle Rodriguez? It might've, it, it might've been, you know, like, um, I don't know, Resident Evil or, or, I mean, the, people forget the Fast and the Furious has been around since 2001. I know. Shocking. I sh- so to no one's surprise, uh, I was the film chair in college, which means I was part of the entertainment board and we brought my job was to bring in films to hold like campus wide screenings that people could sure. come to. I showed Girl Fight wow. at, as one of the screenings because um, I, I'm huge independent film fan. Also, it was very cheap in comparison to some of the other movies. Um, and yeah, I that was my first time seeing her was watching girl fight in the Williams Center on the big quote unquote big screen um and I don't know I I was just very impressed by she has such a natural charisma I think she's best when she's allowed to be natural when she's allowed to just sort of you know and that role is clearly very tailored to her right Uh, and and I think she just she's you watch that movie you're just like oh yeah she's a fucking star yeah and I think uh, you know the thing that we're probably going to run into is that movies ask her to do one thing a lot and that is to be the rough girl and it might be because she a girl fight was her breakthrough and like that is that character being kind of like a rough scarred you know um beautiful woman but and then and then right after that doing the fast and the furious where letty is also that and so we start getting she has been typecast a lot. I think now she, like I just saw uh, the Dungeons and Dragons movie, and I think she's really fun in it. I think like she's it's like it's another version of that character, but it's a little yeah. bit looser. It's a little bit looser, and I think also b- because of you know she's older now, she's able to find different shades of that character, and so like right, and and they're allowing her to play with it and giving her other things inside of that character, even if she is still. That, you know, that, I mean, literally her character in Dungeons and Dragons is a barbarian. Like, that's yeah. the whole point. Yeah. But, uh, you know, she's she's given shades of other things to play, and she she does it rather well, I'll be honest, in that film. Yeah, and um, it's also funny, I was talking to a friend about, you know, we, that we were doing this episode, and he was like, oh my god, like, do you know about the Michelle Rodriguez, like, curse? And I was like, what? And he was like, literally, movies love killing her. Like, she mm-hmm. is... um famously in lost she was like written off um for other reasons but like there i I was just like oh my god you're right like in a lot of these movies where she's like action girly she does not always make it out she has actually commented on that a lot and essentially she's basically said movies don't know what to do with your character if you're a woman who doesn't have a boyfriend yeah and so they they just kill you yeah and then most of the time ask you to come back in another film as your character resurrected. Yeah. Yep. Uh, And we will see that over and over again. Um, Absolutely. But I'm excited to, you know, it was difficult. It was difficult watching all these movies because I was like, oh, it does seem she's doing a lot of the same thing over and over again. So I'm interested to dive into, you know, the filmography, see where she was allowed to take chances, was allowed to go off the path a little bit. Um, and then also, though, because for better or worse, 
people love her in the Fast and the Furious movies, love yes. that that um, universe. Um, and again, seeing her growth in those movies and, and again, trying to like push beyond what they probably initially asked of her, um, I think will be interesting. So uh, yeah, Gavin, why don't we just get into the rewind? Maite Michelle Rodriguez was born July 12th, 1978. That makes her 44 years old. I think most people don't realize that Michelle is actually her middle name. She was born in San Antonio, Texas. She's a fellow Texan. Uh, Yes, yes. She's a a sister. Her mother, Carmen Rodriguez, uh, is Dominican, and her father, Rafael Rodriguez, is Puerto Rican, and he served in the U.S. Army. Uh, Rodriguez moved to the Dominican Republic with her mother when she was eight years old and lived there until the age 11. I've been, like, thinking a lot about uh, Latinoness, um, and she's, like, one of the few, like, very successful Latin women in movies, like, still working, and, you know... Movies sometimes, not often, will ask her to speak Spanish. Um, I don't know if she's which she can do. Oh no, she she is. She did an entire one of the movies that I had trouble finding was she did an entire Dominican movie, and I just cannot find. find, I found it. I could not find an English subtitle. And listen, uh, my Spanish is okay, Mm -hmm. very bad, muy Mm -hmm. mal, but. Mm Uh, I couldn't do a whole movie. I would, I would, I right, would not right. know enough to. All that to say, you know, she. I didn't know that she was actually living in the DR. Like that's yeah. And, and not only that, she she was there at a very formative time of her life, but then moved back to the U.S. Well, before she moves back to the U.S. at eleven, she moves to Puerto Rico and lives there until she's seventeen. Wow. Um, and then finally, at the age of seventeen, she is. Uh, they moved to Jersey City. Uh, in New Jersey. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Jersey City is in New Jersey, which, I mean, I'm not a geography teacher, but figure That's it out. so crazy. <laughs> I know. Isn't that wild? Though, I guess there is Kansas City, Missouri, which is right next to Kansas City, Kansas. Anyways, um, the, she does not paint a bright and rosy picture of growing up no. in Jersey City. No, 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 no. You grow up in a place like Jersey City, and you're surrounded by so much crime, so many scrubs, you know, that are like... And I only mean scrubs, not in a, not in a, I don't want to be judgmental, but there are a lot of really mean, slimy people out there. And I was blessed to have the beautiful aspects of every culture being thrusted upon me. From the poor little drug dealers that sold drugs on the corner were really nice to me. Cool people. Because at the end of the day, it's all about eating, shitting, sleeping. And loving. I think to survive, you know, from the ghetto, from being in a very aggressive Jersey City growing up, I acquired very masculine qualities just so I wouldn't end up pregnant before 17, you know, smell the armpits, act like a dude. He won't be attracted to you and you won't get pregnant. (laughs) It was like a like a male deterrent mechanism, you know, it worked like a charm. To be fair, I'm here, you know. She ends up dropping out of high school, William L. Dickinson High School, um, later getting her GED. And over the course of her school career, she was expelled from five different schools for fighting, for, you know, it. she had a not great childhood. Yeah. Let's just... Right. Yeah, I mean... Broad it's, strokes, but that's... Right. I mean, like, it clearly was not super stable if they were moving, you know, and I imagine, I don't... 
if the, her father was in the army and she was born in San Antonio, it sounds like kind of like she was a military brat moving yeah. around. And that's just so disruptive, obviously, to a child. And so she decides, no, I'm going to fuck all this fooling around. I'm going to be an actor. So she starts getting jobs as an extra and she does extra work for about two years. And her brother, who she was living with at the time, and I, I do want to mention, um, you know, she was partially raised by her maternal grandmother um and they had like a devoutly re- religious household her mother was a jehovah's witness and she's since left that religion uh but she's now living with her brother in a house and her brother's like you can't this is not a real job being an extra there's this magazine or a newspaper called backstage and so he starts getting her backstage wow my brother who's in college showed me this newspaper and and it's called backstage. And he says, this is where people get all their information for films. Cause I know you want to write for movies. That's what you want to do. Right. And I'm like, yeah. And he believed in me. You know what I mean? And he gave me this newspaper and he says, it comes out every Thursday. Look at this thing. So I did extra work for about two years and, uh, it was girl fight, which was my first audition that I actually, uh, got a job this was karen kusama's uh thesis film this was her nyu thesis really film. yeah wow i had no I, I knew it was a karen kusama i did not know it was her fucking thesis film because it is such like a success so michelle goes in she tells this story over and over again of sitting in the room going in uh, it, was, it was a bunch of girls like 250 chicks yeah, I remember that. And I'm like, I uh, quit high school when I was 16, took my GED, um, and I've never taken any acting classes, but I could beat a lot of these girls up. You know, does that count? <laughs> you know, I trained for her for about a month because I had no experience. I was like, I never graduated high school, but I could beat up all, most of the girls in this room. <laughs> That was my attitude. Um, and, and I was, and give me an opportunity and I'll try. She gave me acting lessons and decided to take a chance on me. It was Karin Kusama. And it was her first movie at NYU. Uh, it was her thesis. Studio did not want her. Um, any, anybody that was providing money did not want her. She was told that she would be better off casting somebody who had a little bit of a name, but like wouldn't cost too much. And the name that she is bandied about over the years is Alyssa Milano, essentially. Alyssa Milano? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is no shade to Alyssa Milano, but like, girl fight with Alyssa Milano? This is not an episode of Charmed, girly. Like, <laughs> this is fighting Yes, and... Uh, also, how old was Alyssa Milano in 2000? It's older. older. Certainly too old, right? Yeah. Um, so, Karen Kusama casts her. Uh, but she's like, you need to like, you need to be able to fight. You need to like look the part. Um, so she immediately starts doing two months of boxing lessons and also acting lessons. And I think that's something that most people don't realize. Um, Michelle Rodriguez has studied acting. She has indeed. It's not that she d- didn't just come from somewhere. Um, she she received acting lessons before this and actually um, for a film later in her career, and I'll bring it up later for another film, she actually started going back to acting school uh, or get, receiving acting lessons for one of her later films. And uh, yeah, the the studio, I, I, I don't want to say studio because it is an independent film, but essentially the financiers uh, were really... 
And I don't want to spoil the ending, but essentially the movie ends in a way that the financiers basically all told Karen Kusama they did not want it to end. And Karen Kusama's really? like, it's based off a real incident. There, there was a Golden Gloves exhibition boxing match. This actually happened. Like with the way that the the fight at the end, uh, yes, like, resu- the results. Yes. Yeah, I was, I was, I thought it was gonna go the way of like one of the Creed movies where it's like. Well, you, oh, I was gonna. I love that you went for Creed because the famous thing of, f- f- fuck it, we'll spoil it. If you don't want to hear the ending of a girl fight, skip ahead thirty seconds. Uh, she wins a Golden Gloves fight against a man, and the famously and the ending of, <laughs> and famously the ending of the original Rocky is that he loses. And so you were you were using Creed as an example, which is you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think like. Yeah, because I was like, oh, the the thing is like, you know, you might have lost, but you won, like, the respect of others. Like, that's kind of like the classic, like, you can't emasculate the man. You can't, you know, but literally this movie is like, fuck that. And it took her six years to make Girl Fight because they wanted the boy to win at the end. And she held her ground and said, I won't take your money unless you let me make this movie the way that I wrote it. It's all the producers that she tried to make the movie with. Uh, basically wanted the guy to win at the end, even though the thing was loosely based on Lucia Riker winning a Golden Gloves fight against a guy. I had never seen this movie before. Um, I knew at the time it had gotten a lot of buzz. LOL, at the time, 2000, I was in fucking seventh grade. <laughs> what the fuck did I know? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, but I remember, like, the the ads for this movie, and I remember... Like, the trailer, she looked really hard and tough. And, you know, like the whole... Th- it felt like the entire thing was like, wow, can you believe this really beautiful young woman is, like, so angry and, like, fighting? Like, isn't that so crazy? <laughs> um, and, like, women aren't supposed to do that. Um, especially not ones that are so beautiful. Uh, but and, and watching the movie, I was like, oh, why the fuck does she have, like, a boyfriend or, like, you know, this love interest guy? But then I realized towards the end, I was like, oh, it's... Because at the end, she still kicks his ass and, like, he's got to fucking deal with it, you know? Like, it's low-key, this movie is really, like, not low-key, but, like, I'm trying to think, like, it's actually really romantic as fuck. It's really, like, feminist as fuck. It's really, like, not just, like, girls can kick ass and beat boys. It's, like, you can be in love and still, like, you know, beat boys. Like, you know, there there is romance (laughs) in this movie that I, I think, um... But yeah, what do you think about Girlfriend? I love it. I, I genuinely love it. I had not seen it literally since college. So 2002, a good like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I rewatched it for this and I was really impressed. There are some, not to criticize Karen Kusama because I think she's actually a really great filmmaker, but there are definitely some first time filmmaker things that I think like she yeah. got out of our system. Like there's a lot of people just sort of walking into frame and being like, <laughs> I have a thing to say now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I was like, okay, uh, I, that would be different, I think, nowadays. But uh, Right, right. But I and I think it's really good. I, I think it's really cathartic. I mean, there, that whole scene between her and her father. I was where just she, thinking about it. I was, that's. She, I, she literally beats the shit out of her father, who, like, a, was abusive to her and her mother. And, and it's, it's, the movie is about, Ten, it is about this girl who's uh, who wants to learn how to fight, but it really the core of it is like she is still grieving and seeking catharsis for her mother who has died, and 
having to live with a father who is sexist and you know abusive or was abusive we don't know now but like i also love the fact that she has this little brother who like is definitely queer coded oh absolutely it doesn't it's so funny because it it like it's not aggressive about it but it you almost wish it was you almost wish it like well he's like we're a little bit further yeah he's he's like he's very like I like math, not fighting or whatever the thing is. I'm, yes, I'm, yeah, yeah. And it's like when he says math, he means boys. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, but yeah, that that scene is is you know shocking, you know to say the least. She is you, you can feel her fury, you know. Hey, I won tonight. You hear me? I won. What do you think about that? I think you're ridiculous. You're nothing but a rotten street fighter. You look like a loser in there. Everything I know about losing, I learned from you, Dad. Hey, I'm your father. Yeah, some father you are. The only thing you had the heart to love, you practically beat into a grave. Shut up with that. You just had to push her, didn't you, Dad? I mean it! Until she'd rather die than answer to you, huh? I said shut up with that! And for a movie full of her fighting, literally, like the most rage is in that moment. This this movie though is really her springboard because it it she gets so many good reviews. The movie gets really well received, especially in the independent movie circuit. Yeah, um, she gets major acting accolades from the National Board of Review, uh, Independent Spirit Awards, Gotham Awards, Las Vegas Film Critics Sierra Awards. Um, and she, the film itself ends up taking the top prize at Sundance that year, um, and won a award of the youth at Cannes. So like clearly goes noticed, um, yeah. g- gets a big sort of splashy release, even though it's still an independent film. The performance is very specific to her. There are people who could have played this role, of course, but they would not have given the performance that Michelle gave. And I think it's important that she looks the way she looks. I think it's important that she sounds the way she sounds. She is, you know, naturally kind of a masculine woman. And I think we don't often get to see, uh, you know, masculine women, uh, you know, being stars on the stage in, in ways that are like not for jokes or for, you know, like, tearing him down like she gets to like have a boyfriend she gets to like you know defend her family's honor like she gets to do a lot of things in this movie and i and i think um it was like a very special thing to have this specific performance from her i think it's more traumatic for me specifically to take on that masculine quality i don't think it was natural i think had i been in an environment that were less aggressive I may have had a soft power shine through that is a light, a lot more sophisticated and I think personally beautiful than, a, than, than the masculine qualities that I inherited to survive. And I projected those qualities, you know, in my Hollywood career uh, by, by channeling my anger, you know, and, and using my force to, to, to become independent and to be free. Um, but it's because I'm in a man's world, you know what I mean? And if all the dudes are there and they're very aggressive and they assert their energy and assert their space, then I have to do the same to make my own space so that I don't get squashed. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think Karen Kusama deserves just a, a tiny bit of credit for that, too, yeah. because it's very clear she took the two months in which Michelle prepared to, like, make the role more Michelle and less, you know, whoever wasn't my less Alyssa Milano I guess yeah yeah but uh 
and and so I think that's a really it was like a really impressive synergy between a, a first time director and a first time actor it really paid off and it doesn't always it truly doesn't always so. yeah i think like one of michelle's superpowers is like she's always just got that like mysterious gal thing yeah. she's always kind of simmering she can like cut you down with just a look type vibes you know she's a strong and, and type she, like and she'll stand up for herself she has said that she has Ben, she's a well aware she has been blacklisted from things in this career because she has spoken her mind and been like, no, I'm not going to do this. You know, I pissed off a lot of people on the way. I got to say, I've, I've been blacklisted from a lot of things. I've gone without work for very long periods of time in between things because, you know, people mistake my my um, uh, my my courage, I guess. I guess they would call it courage, but it's just me being me for for uh, I don't know an attitude or something and it's not that I just know what I want and I know what I'm not willing to do to get it girl fight gets Oscar buzz this had Oscar buzz uh-huh hi Chris and Joe hi <laughs> and and because of that everybody wants to work with her and so the next thing that she gets is the fast and the furious and so she has the smarts to be like I don't want to play this character as written and so they hire her, um, and she's like, okay, well, then we're rewriting Letty Ortiz. Like, we're not um, – she's like, I don't just want to be the, the cute girlfriend who occasionally works on cars. She – the there's a big fight sequence in the first Fast and Furious, and we can get to its plot in a moment, but there's a big fight sequence where Dom – starts fighting with this other guy and everybody starts to rush into the fight and she immediately jumps in and starts hitting a guy. Yeah. That was her. That was her yeah. suggestion. She's like, no, I'm not going to be the girlfriend who like sits and watches passively. Like I'm a member of this crew. Right. I'm going to be a real person. And so that's, that's already her exerting her power. Um, Fast and the Furious, if you all out there don't know, is a long running 10 film series that started in 2001 um, she plays Letty Ortiz in the first film and subsequent many of the other films. Uh, she's Dom, Vin Diesel's girlfriend. She actually started dating him in real life. The relationship didn't last that long, but they've still remained really good friends. And yeah, what is there to say about him? She's uh, she's basically his right hand man. She's the yeah. it, you the know ride she, or die, the, ride or die. That's the exactly that's the literally the thing. Um, I remember watching Fast and Furious back. When it came out, um, I'm very uh, on and off. Like I, 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 I have not seen them all. I think I saw like the first three in real time when they were coming out, and then I just didn't care. You know, like they're mostly like they're really good time capsules because it's very millennial flavored yeah. culture. Like back then, they were very like cars hot girls and banging music like that was i mean not to belabor the point that everybody talks about but the first movie they're literally ripping off trucks for television tv dvd player combos yeah and now they're in super space. spies they're in space so, in space yeah uh, um, i i know there's probably a portion of the audience your friends who think i'm the snootiest of film snoots in the world my I have friends seen. are you saying your <laughs> friends don't think you're snoots no, they don't. They appreciate <laughs> no. my intelligence and my insight. Um, <laughs> the uh, I've seen all of the Fast and Furious films, including the new one that just came out this Friday. Um, I think they're fun and forgettable. I'm not going to be one of those critics that's like, 
oh my god, they're here to save the action cinema. They're the anti-superhero movie because they're absolutely not. They are they basically are, superhero movies. Yeah, I, I was when I was rewatching, I was like, oh, this is Avengers. Literally, yeah. get the team together. Oh, one's a yeah. smart person. One's an action person. Like, okay. And people like to be like, no, these films are dangerous. And it's like, no, they're not because nobody ever dies. <laughs> Part 10 is the one that just came out. It's a bad movie. Okay. But it has a very simple plot. Good. And a lot of fun. Good. And a, and a queer-coded villain in Jason Momoa. Love that. Who's wearing, who's wearing like fucking tunic blouses and harem pants throughout the entire Hot. movie. Who literally introduces himself to, to Dom by being like, I'm Dante. Ashante. Wow. <laughs> paints his Jason, nails. Jason Momoa said, I'm going to have some fun with it. I'm just going to have some yeah. fun. I do uh, caution that it is really funny that their first queer-coded villain is also presented as their first psychopathic villain, like pure psychopath. Oh. But but mm. you know he's having a good time. Yeah. Like at one at one point he calls Vin Diesel. He's like, "You brute." <laughs> <laughs> Not a brute. <laughs> yeah. I had um, to the way the way because I, I knew that Michelle Rodriguez. Um, does not appear in all these movies because there was right. a brief period where she was allegedly dead. Um, yes, well, that's that's why I watched six because six is so she's in one, four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and she's and in four only for the beginning though, right? Because she dies yes, in the beginning of four. She, she dies in the beginning of four, and so I watched six because that was when she came back to life, and she's she's like the one of the bad guys. Yeah, because she has a coma or no a memory loss, like she doesn't know who she is. What's going on? It's crazy. Which I'll I'll give the series this once again. Not that it matters. <laughs> she they like. I was happy that in nine they were still dealing with the fact that she hadn't recovered all her memories, and it was like an yeah, actual yeah. plot point for. Her. I, she was like, "Yeah, it's kind of weird that I just, I, I'm just, it's I'm, like I'm upsetting. Just gonna, I'm just getting my memories back, and things are changing again." I'm like, "Okay, girl." Um, <laughs> I will say, I think like, let's talk about Michelle Rodriguez in these movies. I think you know, she is a badass from day one. I think she yes. looks incredible inside the cars. She fucking can hang with the boys. Like, she is so, so good. Um, she has one of the only sex scenes in the entire series in the first movie. Her and Dom during that, like, Power Man 5000 montage. Oh, of yeah, the, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Houses yeah. being raided. Uh, yes. I just listened to uh, How Did This Get Made did an episode on the first movie. And they're like, Vin Diesel motorboats her. And he <laughs> truly does. Wow, which incredible. is not a sexy thing. But. Wow, <laughs> but yeah, no, she she's tough. She's controlled. She's there to sort of ground Dom, yeah. back into because Vin Diesel can get very like I'm I'm gonna get my revenge. Family, uh, no, no, yeah, no one can hurt my family. I have liked the way her character has progressed. And in, in Fast Nine, first of all, she has a cute Bob, love it. Yeah, and also which is. Which is funny because I really love her film in this new one because she has like kind of a shaggy curly thing. Cute. And I was like, this is a cute idea. Yeah. Who ever thought of this? Also, though, I think like because her and Vin Diesel have now had this like relationship, you know, in Fast 9 when she fucking thinks he's about to die, like she's so good. She's so emotional. And like, here's what I, I, I'm taking the pin out from before we, we started recording about my feelings on this franchise. Do I think it's like, quote, good cinema no but i will say there are very few movies period much less franchises that are this like nonchalantly diverse and yes like so authentically who they are i mean the way that 
I will say everyone's fucking gorgeous in these movies. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But at least it's not all hot white people. Like, we have hot Asian people. Yes. We have hot Latinos. You know, and it feels, you know, it feels very easygoing in that. It feels very natural that this is the universe we live in. Like, California, cars, the culture. And I don't know shit about car culture. But probably, yeah, this is, this is of the streets. And, like, who are the people who are, like, you know, driving these cars, um... And, 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 you know, part of this culture, it is black people, it's brown people. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I do like that and I appreciate that. And you know what? So, so fuck it. Yes, girlies, get those checks. You don't have anything? You look a bit tired. I think you should go upstairs and give me a massage. Look at all our guests. How about we go upstairs and you give me a massage? <laughs> hey, hey. One last thing, and I think we could probably table fast for... The rest of this episode, probably. Uh, people keep telling me, straight people, mm. keep telling me these films are homoerotic. I am Where? here to tell you, yeah, I'm here to tell you they are not. These are things that, that, yeah, <laughs> these are films that straight people think that are homoerotic. It's almost like when straight people use the word camp and, sure. and don't understand camp. Yeah. So just please. Stop calling these films homoerotic because they're not. They're they're broy. Though that's a different thing, though. That's not the same thing as. Do they know what homoerotic is? I no, they I, don't. That's the problem. I mean, the thing is, like, are there a lot? Oh my god, I saw one of them. I don't know which one, but like, they're in a dangerous club, and like, there's women making out with each other, but it's very oh. ma- it's very male gazy. It's very like yeah. Like I, that was, I was watching the first one, and when Dom comes home the first time, and it's like cutting around the house, and Letty's like on the floor playing video games, and there's like two girls kissing in the middle of the room. I was like, "That's nice that they're accepting," and then my brain was like, no, "They're not accepting. No. This is this is male gaze. This yeah, is yeah." I mean, a lot of especially those early ones, they they do it less now because now they're like literally spy family movies, but like before, it very much was like pitbull culture you know like literally yeah. like yeah, yeah. and so it, it, they were almost like extended mu- music video i mean fucking jaw rule is in the first one right is it jaw rule <laughs> um yeah. like and so it's very just like video vixen type behavior which like not mad at video vixens at all but it's clearly not there for like <laughs> allyship it's there for right, right. titillating men um and it would be another thing if like I don't know, maybe Michelle Rodriguez in her, like, she's lost her memories, sees a girl and is like, maybe I'm into girls now. You know, like, that would be something really, like, explicitly and, and cool for them to do. But, like, it's not that. So I I, I object, girls. We, yeah, there exactly. is no homoeroticism <laughs> here. If, if any of our listeners can point out to a scene in one of the movies. Uh, I, I always hear because they're like, oh, because all the men just want to kiss. And it's like, do they? Where where's your evidence? The men. Where's your kiss. evidence? No, I don't think Ty. <laughs> I would love to see Tyrese and Ludacris kiss. I don't think they want to. Yeah, I don't think they want to. No, I don't think that's what they want. No. Um, also, also in two thousand one, she's in the Showtime indie film Three A.M. Uh, this was a film that I didn't watch when we did our Danny Glover episode, but I did watch it this time. It's Same. Danny Glover, Pam Greer. Michelle Rodriguez. I mean, they're literally the the three main leads, as well as um, uh, a gentleman named Sergey Trifunovic. 
He's really um, good in it. Yeah. Um, this was a Spike Lee produced movie, 40 Acres and a Mule. Spike Lee actually even appears in the film. It's a movie about cab drivers in New York. And it's one of those like big, um, I don't want to say Magnolia style, but like it's a, it's a big cast and it's yeah. several different stories and they're all kind of intersecting and it's, uh, and it's, I didn't love this movie. Yeah, I'll be honest. It, it, it's kind of like it's aiming to be like important. Like it's late night, things are kind of wild. She has like her storyline specifically is like you know she's had a rough uh, yeah. childhood and she feels like there's like a demon who's kind of like this always following her and right. She picks up um, a man who she's convinced is him. So you're telling me that I have a guardian devil? I met it once. Years ago. Is that so? You don't think I'm like crazy or something? No, not at all. Never crossed my mind. But I do think she's pretty decent in it. And I th- I think, you know, like Pam Greer and our future subject, Pam Greer and Danny Glover are really great in it. Their, their story's fun. And Sarita Chowdhury, who is still one of the most beautiful women alive. So beautiful. <laughs> she's, she's really good in this, actually. Yeah. Yeah, she plays a lot of it in her face. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, but we're here to talk about Michelle. So our, our next big thing is playing the character Rain Ocampo in Resident Evil uh, in 2002. Now, this is where I'm getting it. the She had Oscar buzz. So she come, she gets cast in this movie after Mila Jojovich has already been cast. And Paul W.S. Anderson immediately rewrites the script. Rain Ocampo is the, is the lead now. Alice is the damsel in distress. Mila Jojovich gets to Germany where they're shooting the movie, reads the new script, immediately calls up Paul W.S. Anderson and is like, you need to come rewrite this script page for page with me, because if not, I'm I'm leaving. You've, you've lost your Alice. And uh, they spend all night rewriting the script and Alice is the lead again. <laughs> yeah, I was to say, I looking at the poster for Resident Evil, Michelle is right there with Mila. Yeah. And, and you got to think, like, Mila Jovovich was known from The Fifth Element, probably, at the most, at this moment, right? Well, I mean, she'd, she'd made a lot of movies with Luc Besson, who was her right. ex at the time. Which is funny, because then Paul W. Sanderson becomes her, her new... Yes, Paramore. They, they spent all night in that hotel room, mm-hmm. rewriting the script. But um, I, I, I think, like, well, the point I'm trying to make is that Michelle was hot, at the moment. So she not only had indie cred, she had money-making cred. Um, and Resident Evil, I I think, was trying to go for, like, you know, actual, you know, because for a lot of that movie, it's quiet. It's not just, like, just a shoot 'em up even though it kind of turns into that. Yeah. The first half of it is very cerebral, very kind of, like, what's going on. And so it, it's, it has big ambitions. Um but yeah, I, imagine if Michelle was the lead, if, if Rain was the lead in this. Like I know, and it's an interesting idea because she does. She gets bitten pretty early in the movie, and she. I think she has a very interesting role because she has to. It's not one of those things where like a zombie movie. Um, and real quick, if you've not seen Resident Evil, it's a a movie about a virus that escapes in a facility and uh, a tactical team is sent down and michelle rodriguez is one of the members of that tactical team and more people die in that movie by laser than they do by zombie but um they get down there and people have turned into zombies and also there's an evil computer and uh i like the fact that it's not like a, a like 
oh, I was bitten. I'm going to hide it. Yeah. Like, like yeah. they know pretty early on that, like, that she's Michelle bit. Rodriguez is fucked. Yeah. And again, like, she's asked to play what she is always asked to play. Like, it is. Yeah. It, I mean, and or maybe this is, like, the first time we'll see her. I mean, we will see her in military tactical gear as yeah. this person over and over again. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't dislike, I, I had seen this before, but I hadn't seen it forever. And so I watched it again. Once it gets cooking, I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Like, yeah. fun. It's, uh, it's not terrible. I don't mean to make it sound like it's terrible. It's certainly better than any of its sequels. Um, <laughs> she does, she, she does come back. I, I as a clone. I don't, yeah. She comes back in Resident Evil Retribution. That movie gives her at least the interesting thing of playing two different versions of herself, a uh, uh, like, uh, quiet like um the best is Emilio rich hands her a gun and she's like i marched against the nra <laughs> like, you know how to use this i campaigned for gun control no i don't think you understand i marched against the nra concentrate it's just like a camera point and shoot and then also like she, herself as like an unstoppable killer right and more, right and but once again, this is that thing which she's saying that she dies in the first movie and people bring her back. So far on our tally, it's Fast and Furious and Resident Evil. Resident Evil. And these are like early in her career. But yeah, Resident Evil's fine. I mean, it's it's a it's a TNT movie. From there, uh she also does Blue Crush in 2002. Iconic uh, Blue, teen movie. Blue Crush has its audience. Uh, <laughs> I watched it I watched it for this. Had I you, am not its audience. Had you not seen it before? I had not seen it before. Listen, I think, you, I think this movie is made badly. I think it's written badly. Yes. I didn't. didn't, And on top of all of that, the thing that I I was watching it, I was like, okay, like there's some good stuff in it, but but mostly not for me. And finally it gets to like the middle of the movie and Michelle Rodriguez starts like cussing out um, Kate Bosworth, the lead in it. And I was like, oh, because this movie isn't about the right person. Right. I was like, if this movie was about Michelle, Ra- like Michelle Rodriguez is the person with the passion right. throughout the entire film. I hate to be the buzzkill here, but the contest is in a week. And I just don't think that it's time. I know. But I did promise him another lesson tomorrow. Can't you just blow him off? No. Why not? Because he already paid me. Exactly. Eden. Well, I wanted to rent a jet ski tomorrow. Put you into some size. Get you ready for pipe. All right, well, I'll meet you at the lunch at four. Why not earlier? I'll meet you there as soon as I can. Well, this is um, Smash, but on Ocean One Waves. Like, literally, because they gave us no reason to believe that Kate Bosworth's character, they just, she's the wonderkin. She, she's the magical yeah. girly who's, like, going to win all the things. If only she could just get past her mental block. Blah. You know, she does, she doesn't work hard. She doesn't. Like she's no. she's fucking like, you know, distracted by football players or whatever. Um the thing about Blue Crush unfortunately is that it's 2002. We're all wearing Hollister. Puka <laughs> shells are big. And like this movie is that culture in like it is still into film form. Yeah. And so like all the teens wanted to be the hot Blue Crush girls. Including me, yeah. including me. It's not a great movie. Like I'm not gonna, no. I'm not gonna fucking like. I'm just saying. At the time when I was a teenager, I was like, yes, hot girlies, <laughs> the ocean, puka shells. I'm here. <laughs> uh, 2003. She's in SWAT with Colin Farrell and Samuel Jackson and uh, Tactical Gear Count. 
too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And uh, uh, yeah, we talked about SWAT in um, Colin Farrell um, episode with, with Mitchell. Yeah. There are also a lot of movies where she is the only woman in the in the squad and it made me think about like you know they're like okay we want a girl but like she can't be a girly girl but she can't be ugly either and like it it feels like i can only imagine what it must have been like for her to like navigate hollywood and and have to walk the line of like yeah i can kick your ass but like also i'm beautiful and like i'm not surprised that she has been blacklisted from um certain things because it's a horrible position to be in it's just horrible in 2004 she does control uh a, fil- a, a directed video movie with uh willem dafoe and ray liotta that was, direct- that was directed video yeah that's such a stacked cast i i, I saw this movie for this and i what's wild is that she's on the like poster she's not in this movie a lot she's no and she is also the like 30 years younger than Ray Liotta love interest. I know. 2005, there is a Blood Rain where she plays Katarin. Uh, Blood Rain is uh, directed by our good friend Yue Bowl. Oh, God. Uh, Blood Rain is a video game character where she's half vampire, half human. Yeah. And it's she's also, a dampier. Yes. And it's medieval <laughs> times. So um, yep. choose your night and order your <laughs> turkey leg. Yeah. Uh, in this movie, she. She she is the double crosser. She's the girly who says <laughs> "fuck blood rain." Um, yeah, blood rain, and, and, blood and, it, ra- and she like tries to to um, ter- like basically she's working for uh, blood rain's father, who's played by fucking Ben Kingsley. Yeah, and I read that he said that, that somebody asked him why he did this movie, and he's like, "Oh, I did it for selfish reasons. I've always wanted to play a vampire with the." With the fangs and the long cape. Guess what two things he never has in the movie? The, they don't They do not do that here. They don't do that <laughs> yeah. here. This movie looks like a Charmed episode. Uh, worse, worse. I feel like, and not to even defend the honor of Charmed, but like, that's so mean to Charmed. That is, <laughs> what I love, it's, 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 it's wild. so like, bad. There are some moments where like, they clearly have spent a lot of time on like, or some amount of time on some gory effects. Of like an actual effect of like, oh, there's all these blood and guts. And so you'll see action sequences where a guy is just like chopping at guts spilled on the floor. <laughs> yes. And it's like, okay, girl, we got it. Like, you're doing there, literally you know, nothing. There is a reason when you watch a film that fight scenes are choreographed. Mm-hmm. Truly, truly. Yeah. And when you watch this movie, it is so clear that they were just like, Wave your sword around. Wave it around, girly. <laughs> Figure it out. She's hanging out with Michael Madsen in the movie. She's doing an accent. None of it's good. Oh my god, um, I forgot about the accent. It's very bad. It is it's very, very bad. bad. Wow. She, she's there's a scene where she like voiceover like writing to her father, like, I don't trust Blood Rain anymore. Yeah. And my yeah. accent was better than that. So like, it's it's um, nuts. Because it also comes and goes. She has such a specific voice. I was like, girl, yeah. just it's fine. Let's let's drop the accent. In the days since I received your letter, I have come to see certain truths that now give me pause. I believe that you are right. Brimstone is lost. I do want to mention briefly, we are not a TV podcast, but we are a film podcast. But I do want to mention, you know, she uh, goes on to appear in the first season and becomes a main cast member of the second season of Lost, which is kind of a huge deal because she was 
such a big movie star yeah. to be on this weekly TV show um, for myriad of personal reasons, um, as well as criminal reasons. She is let go from law. She's killed. Her character is killed, not Michelle Rodriguez. Um, and she goes back to doing films. And I think, you know, but she's never said anything bad about Law. She's never, you know, she has said that she doesn't she doesn't prefer the ending. She was bummed that they went the religious route. She was like, mm-hmm. I wanted science, but whatever. I never got into it. Um, I'm, there are people who love it, though. And uh, hooray for them. Um, did you watch 2006's The Breed? I did. I did, too. I low-key think it's really fun and stupid. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. And stupid. As long as you add the end stupid, I am with you. Like, it's so bad. It has the funniest. The breed is literally Cliff's notes of this is that there are a bunch of people who go to an island. Turns out a bunch of people have experimented on dogs and the dogs are now super smart and pack animally and not like wolves. Like literal dogs, yeah, literal domestic they're, dogs. They're domestic dogs, but they like they know things and they'll eat right. you. Um, and and if they bite you, you maybe become one of them. But none of the characters know. live long enough to. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because they fucking tear you apart. Um, th- there's a lot of funny things in this movie. Like when they're like, "We gotta get to the boat," and then they go to the boat, and there's all these dogs just waiting for them there, and you're like, "Ah, the dogs are here." <laughs> um, but also, the dogs are sailing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Literally, one of them's like, wearing a one yeah. of them's wearing a captain's hat. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> that's the vibe. Um, my so two things about this movie. Number one, she is playing um, the girly girl. She is the girlfriend, and and she's like very like smitten with her boyfriend. Number two, the craziest scene in this movie. Yes. <laughs> is I I know exactly what scene you're talking about. And what makes it even better is two weeks before we, so we didn't even announce we're doing this episode two weeks before we even started doing this episode. Our former guest, Kevin Tudor of almost major posted a clip, this clip from this movie with like, this is the greatest cinema scene in cinema history. He posted this. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh my God. Like I knowing that we were going in to do this episode, there is a scene in this film where, uh, (laughs) Michelle Rodriguez is being attacked by a dog outside this cabin they're staying in on this remote island. It's her boyfriend's brother, played yes. by Oliver Hudson. Um, yes. Who, who, who you'll know from, like, um, TV stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, he's also Kate Hudson's brother. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, yes. <laughs> Correct. Who you'll know from TV stuff. Also, the lineage of Goldie Hawn. Correct. Um, but, uh, but he, uh, he, like... He's been, like, shooting arrows the whole weekend, so he's, like, very, like, Katniss vibes. Yeah. And so so a dog is attacking Michelle. He pulls the string on the bow. The camera does a slow-motion Matrix-style 360 around him. Like, he's going to save the day. He releases that arrow. That dog sees that arrow coming, gets out of the way, and that arrow goes right through Michelle Rodriguez's leg. It is nuts. I said they wanted cinema, baby. They wanted high art here. The dog literally is just like mid-chomping nope. on her leg. Mid-chomping on her leg and she she's like, oh, I'm out of here. And it goes, yeah. it goes right through her fucking leg and Michelle screams bloody murder. Um... And it then is. it literally cuts to them, like, inside taking the air out. And she's like, it's not a big deal. Like, you didn't mean it. Well, she's like, well, you know, it sucks, but um, you saved my life because who knows if that dog would have, like, 
let me go if you hadn't shot my fucking leg. <laughs> Meanwhile, Taryn Manning is over in the corner who has already been bitten, having psychic dog visions, like yeah, chewing yeah. on a milk bone or something. Yeah, like. Taryn Manning is turning. Um, <laughs> she's turning, hunty. She's turning. Not l- turning looks, I'll tell you that. Uh, but my favorite... Well, it, this movie is so unserious. The Breed is a... If you want a silly watch with some yeah. friends, put on The Breed. It's it's certainly... You know, you, there's worse thing you can do with your time. You could watch Blood Rain. Uh, <laughs> 2007, she does Battle in Seattle, which is something that uh, I had watched for um, Charlize Theron. I re-listened to our Charlize Theron episode because I was like, what did I say about it? Maybe I don't not. think we talked about it. No, no, no. Um... I think she's very good in this movie. This movie is, um, it's not my favorite film, but I was maybe a little too hard on it. And I think maybe I was a little less radical back then. Uh, Stuart Townsend directed it. It's literally a movie about the, the World Trade Organization um, conference in 1999 and the the protests that occurred around it. It's a movie about how the the media really only goes to the sensationalists. The media was really only covering the looters, not the actual protesters. And the the sort of like stuff the World Trade Organization was doing inside and the protesters who like really blamed them for, you know, society's poor and and houseless people. And and she's one of the members of this uh, protesting group, along with Andre 3000. And I think the scenes with her. Once again, because it's a very natural performance, she's not having to do the superhero thing. She's not having to do the, like, I'm punching a zombie or I'm driving a car really crazy. I think she's great in it. I I truly, I was like, wow, she's, I rewatched it for this and was like, because I wasn't gonna, I was like, eh, I didn't love it. And I was like, you know what, I'll give it another shot. And I was like, oh, she's actually very good in this film. Yeah, it's wild that I didn't know what this movie was about. I did not watch it for Charlize. I watched it for this and I thought it was going to be another shoot em up thing. I mean, the movie's fucking called Battle in Seattle. Yeah. Um, and they make a joke about it in the movie, but clearly <laughs> the marketers of the movie said, we need to call this something a little bit more spicy to get people to watch right. it. Right. Um, but she is not the lead, but she is the only actor on the poster. Um, yeah. And, but yeah, you're right. She gets to be a normal, real person and, and, and she's an anarchist. She, she's, a, you know, angry and she's, sad and it's just, she's it's a really complex complicated role because i think like the issues that they tackle in this movie are complex and complicated you know like uh and and obviously this movie has an agenda it's a very biased film but uh i i i found myself enjoying it um quite a bit more than i thought it would yeah me too me too absolutely my um, i think the only weak link in it is actually the Charlize their own plot line and not specifically I think it's just if you're living in a post-monster Charlize Theron Oscar buzz world, she's and I know she was with Stuart Townsend at the time. So, like, it's nice that she lent her name to it. She's too big of a star for that plot line. And it elevates that plot line to a to a part where you're like, it's distracting. I, it Yeah, it's distracting. And I like get what it's saying. It's saying that everybody's affected by these things. And like, even the best intentions can sometimes lead to she's a woman who loses a baby because of the protest. She's just a bystander. But it. But I think Michelle Rodriguez, yeah, really stunning. And yeah, uh, yeah, just I was I was shocked because I thought I'd seen that movie and I I had, but I hadn't seen that movie. 
and he almost gets arrested trying to save you and Sam, and that ain't cool. He cannot get locked up. God forbid. Yeah. I mean, I like making fun of him too much to see him gone. What do you mean, gone? He got two strikes against him. He get one more, he is out of here. I mean, for life. No joke. He didn't tell you? No, he didn't. 2009, uh, she returns to the Fast and Furious franchise. We mentioned that before. She does both Fast and Furious and the short film Los Bandoleros, which was directed by Vin Diesel himself. She also does Avatar. Casual. She has said, yeah, exactly. She has said Avatar is her favorite role. Um, she really, 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 yeah, she really loves uh, this character of Captain Trudy. Uh, um, she's one of the the human people in the movie. She never does the blue person thing. Um, she's a helicopter pilot. She ends up helping Jake in the end and ends up sacrificing herself for Jake in the end of the movie. She has said James Cameron approached her and was like, we brought back a lot of people for the second movie. We got to find a way to bring you back. And she was like, no, <laughs> she was like, I Please. can't. She's, yeah. She's like, I can't, you can't keep doing it because they did it to me at Fast and Furious. They did it to me. Like, don't kill me in the first in the first yeah. one, then. Yeah. But she also said, you know, my character died a martyr. So, like, what what would be the point of bringing me right. back? Right, right. Um, I did not rewatch this for this episode, but I have seen Avatar. I, yeah, I'm never going to rewatch Avatar unless I can get into a fucking IMAX theater that's showing it. Because I just don't think it's... The the storyline isn't good enough for me to... to right, to casually watch. Uh, right. No, yeah, but uh, again, tactical gear moment number three. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> full-on military uh yep. 2010 she teams with robert rodriguez to do machete Machete's another movie in which she is killed and then yes. comes back for the sequel yes um she's literally shot in the head in this movie loses an eye comes back to the sequel with an eye patch and That's i think the gag is she i think the gag is in machete kills from 2013 she loses her other eye and so she like the like trailer has her with two eye patches like shooting yeah um, yeah uh yeah machete hot hot uh, she plays lose also known as she uh-huh. and um i don't know what else to say i mean we've talked about machete before we did an uh, entire robert rodriguez episode you can go listen to there i think the i think the second one to me it's a minority opinion but i i like the second one better because it it knows it's a comedy i think the right. first one it to- tonally is trying too many things because it wants to talk about border issues but it also wants to you know like be silly like robert rodriguez yeah and i i don't think it all works um 2010 she also does tropical de sangre um which is a dominican republic film it is uh about the same story uh as in the time of the butterflies uh which is a sama hayek film uh, uh and it's about the the mirabal sisters from the dominican republic she um not just um, takes on this role. She ends up becoming one of the producers of this film. She really lends essentially her star power to a Dominican film. Uh, one of the surviving Mirabal sisters, Deidre Mirabal, like lent her support and participated in the, in the production of the film, actually ends up playing a character in the movie. And yet still people are like, Michelle Rodriguez shouldn't be playing this role because of her criminal record and her past history. Um, And the director, the guy who wrote it and the director literally said um, one, 
first of all, one doesn't need history. It doesn't need permission to bring history to film. Um, and he pointed out that the Mirabal family themselves approved and supported Rodriguez. Um, and that, uh, a figure of her stature who's just completed projects with Charlize Theron and James Cameron would even participate in such a small production, let alone show such undeniable dedication to it as both an actress and producer is a great thing. And so, yeah, this was the movie we talked about earlier that we're both unable to find um, a translation for, but I would like to see it. Honestly, I would still watch it if I could, you know, find it. It's, it's a bummer that like, even with all of that and her behind it, you know, it, it did premiere at, I mean, it premiered at the New York International Latino Film Festival. Um, yeah. And, but like, it didn't get a release like in the US at all. Um, no. Which is such a bummer because, you know, she, 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 she had some like star power behind her and like, you know, I, it, it, it speaks to, you know, uh, I think, uh audiences um distributors not wanting to deliver like spanish films um or films yeah. in spanish um to the american market and and you know like the the star the lead star was this latina woman um and that that that, that sucks like she literally was in fucking avatar like highest yeah. grossing movie of all time and they're like no like really not even like and, an indie and, release and about a important historical event yeah. Now, it may not be an important American historical event, but it is an important world historical event. Yeah. And maybe we should teach our kids more about stuff like that. But whatever. Um, I, I'm i going to zoom through a bunch of these because a lot of these are sequels. You know, we mentioned she does the next couple of Fast and Furious movies. She did Machete Kills. Uh, she did Battle Los Angeles in 2011, which was a film I saw when it came out, and I did not revisit it for this. I remember just disliking it. It's Tactical Alien Invasion. Gear. Tactical Gear, Alien Invasion movie. Um, I think the next big stop is 2016's The Assignment, which was a movie we talked about in our Sigourney Weaver episode. Sigourney. I'm sure you did not revisit this film. No. I certainly did not. Are you fucking crazy? Um, um, but we will reiterate the assignment is a film in which um, Michelle Rodriguez plays a male hitman who is kidnapped by Sigourney Weaver and forced into gender reassignment surgery uh, against his will and comes out as Michelle Rodriguez as a woman, as a woman. And then she goes about getting her revenge because uh, inside she's still a man and yeah it's tasteless it's, it's not good she's actively bad in it michelle rodriguez is really bad in it yeah i don't think she knows who this character is i don't think no. anyone involved in this project knows who this character is it is schlocky shocking for no reason um even if even if you are a horrible person who thinks oh what a gag you like right. the, what a gag that uh you know one day you'd wake up and be forcibly you know gender reassigned what a gag that is like they that it is so underwritten and so underdeveloped they do not care about the inner psyche of this person at all um so they can't even like approach any conversation about you know transness or right. anything of that sort and, like it, it's it's and the, de- the the defense walter hill used when the movie came out was he wasn't writing about that okay well then don't write this movie like that's 
<laughs> right. And, and But even beyond that, like, it's even beyond if you just be like, oh, the heinous, horrible crime of, you know, gender reassignment um, for or like forcibly, you know, put on someone. I think like someone like Aldomovar really does tackle yeah. some really complicated sexual issues that teeter on inappropriate or, you know, taboo. But he has something to say about them. Like there at least right. is a conversation like he's poking the bear to like get people talking. This is just like shock for shock's sake. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and uh, yeah, it's, it's I think her in the drag of being a man is not good um, for for as masculine as she is. She does not have the range. I'm sorry. Like it just does not work. And she's just doing a voice and she, and, and for, even though I think she is a masculine woman and I'm not like going to fucking, you know, apologize for that. Like I, I, she is a masculine woman, but she is still beautiful and still feminine. Right. And like there, all those things can be true at once, you know? And just and, and because, and she's talked about that throughout her entire career. I found a really old interview with her where she was explaining Hollywood has just not made way for the warrior princess yet. She's very honest, you know, what you see is what you get. And uh, she will stand her ground um, and has lots of integrity. And, you know, the majority of the time, you know, I do these really tough roles um, that seem very masculine, but that's only due to the lack of creativity in the 95% of writers in Hollywood, which are men who are usually married and don't know any interesting action, you know, uh, active, you know, cool girls. They don't know them. And this movie, like, really robs her of that because it really wants to play the idea that you can't, like, there, there are specific only traits that yeah. are male and female yeah it's a gross movie i've still you know i would i don't know it's it's wild yeah. I, you bring up an interesting point though because like i don't there obviously have been women who've played like warrior princess types but when yeah. you look but when you look back at it though like and this is a really interesting point though because they're all have to be and this is no shade to any of these women like but jennifer lawrence it, as katniss or um you know there's there's so many of these types, but like they are classically beautiful women who are have to have to perform their femininity. They have to always get like Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow, like has to be like the girly girl still. Like has right. to still showcase that they can be a woman and and really um feminized for a male audience. Whereas Michelle Rodriguez just does not fucking fit the bill on that and and it's so uncomfortable so many of these movies are like whoa she's been looking good man and like she and it's and she has to do the thing of like oh i'll fuck you up blah 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 like she has to live in this like really horrible world where like they just can't exist with the way that she is like built the way that she looks um because she is so beautiful like i'm not saying michelle rodriguez is not as beautiful as jennifer lawrence she fucking no, is but-, but she does not perform femininity the way that other women do and for hollywood i think that's a problem like and they have to because we are film is a visual medium they have to uh somehow like they have to explain that to an audience you know like oh she she looks this way and she's like walks this way so like she has to be the badass she has to be tough 
Um, and and it's just like so fucking shitty. And you know, I I hate that for her. And I I don't know. We need a how did this get made for this fucking movie? Because <laughs> who fucking knows? Yeah. I I mean I yeah. Anyways, well, um, <laughs> 2017, Fate of the Furious. 2018, Widows. Widows. My this God. Banger. So I mentioned earlier, there's only been one other film in which she went to an acting coach for. Here it is. Here Widows. it is. She knew working with Steve McQueen, he wanted like hard drama. This is a role that she's truly never played before. Yeah. And so she decided to return to an acting coach and, and get um, extra help just forming this character and uh i i don't know i i love that about her i I love that she's like she's readily admitted this is not the thing she does and and i like that she's self-aware that she's like if i'm going to she's like i do not gravitate towards hard drama and if i'm going to do it i want to do it right bitch if i'm walking into a room with viola davis i'm gonna come fucking correct (laughs) and like so all the props to her to recognizing like i she knows that she's fucking outclassed acting next to Viola Davis. So she said, yeah. I'm going to fucking work. I'm going to work hard. Like In the same way that she trains for all these movies where she's an action star, she's putting that same work ethic into this movie. I had not seen Widows before. Oh, that's uh, right. I, I forgot that, that you hadn't seen it for the Viola episodes. So. Well, but, or the Colin Farrell episode. Like, And so I finally watched for this. And wow. Taught. Yeah. Taught, taught, taught movie. Um, so slinky and... A little bit spooky. Um, she gets. I, li- I liked it better this time. I liked it before, but I liked it better this time around. Um, she gets to play a mother. Um, a mother, Gavin. <laughs> um, I love that she runs one of those quinceanera shops. I know, and and she. Oh, all these. I mean, these women, these widows. They and this movie basically is like fucking men, fucking men. You know, yeah. once again. I, it's a film about a, a group of criminals who die, and Viola Davis is hu- is her husband played was the by Liam Neeson was yeah was the ringleader, and they owe money to Brian Tyree Henry, and he's like, "You need to get me this money or else." And so she enlists the widows of these men to pull off one last heist, so she can pay off, you know, this debt that is owned that yeah. is owed, and um. Yeah, it's uh, like you said, it's taught. I, I mean, I, I really feel for these women. I think each of these women is so well defined. I think the first time I saw it, it felt a little because it's based off a miniseries, and it felt like so much happens in the two and a half hours that like I was like, oh, I could kind of feel the weight of a miniseries. This time, the pacing felt better, and um, you know, I think Cynthia Revo has a real like, oh my god, that scene where she like comes home and then. Like, it's like, I don't have time to spend time with my daughter. I need to go babysit. Like, literally runs from her apartment yeah. to Michelle Rodriguez's apartment to take care of Michelle Rodriguez's kids. And I was just like, wow. Like, you learn so much about these women in such short amounts of time. And yeah. So Elizabeth Zabicki with her mom, fucking Jackie Weaver. Like, yeah. what a... What a this movie could exist without Jackie Weaver's character, but it's so much better with it, you know, yes. because we learned so much about Elizabeth Debicki's character and like how this is a woman who is always fucking on the edge and, and, and answering to fucking men and his, and her mom who has also always answered to men and literally is whoring herself out for stability. Um, Elizabeth Debicki is also the tallest person on the planet. It's crazy. Yeah, truly. How that um, just is. 
no taller person. It's nope. wild. It's um, what I also love is that so Brian Tyree Henry is like he's like the good politician. Yeah. But what I love about this movie is that it the basically surmises that like there are no good men. There's no yeah yeah that's there the, are no good that's men. the thesis the, the thesis statement. Um, my I mean my literally on that track. My favorite moment for Michelle is she essentially has to to go. She sort of has to play act uh, to get information from a man. Uh, and, yeah, you know, she she's sitting there with him and she lets slip something about his wife. And he's like, well, you can't be who you say you are because my wife died a month ago and everybody knows that. I am. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I asked you to go. I lost my husband two weeks ago. takes it as a moment to fucking kiss her yeah and it's just like men are bad and i get the idea that like they're sharing grief and they're trying to like but i was just like men are bad (laughs) like men are bad yeah straights are not okay men are bad um that's the thesis of this podcast actually (laughs) yeah truly um i really i like widows a lot um yeah yeah yeah. Uh, fucking steve mcqueen beautiful um she does a uncredited cameo in alita battle angel sort of like hat tipping to the idea that she will be in a sequel which will probably never get made now because disney's like james cameron or bust and um, it was it was a little thank you to robert rodriguez little yeah absolutely girl um she's also does like a tip spot in she dies tomorrow in 2020 which is a movie i I really love because it's about sadness (laughs) and um but she it's literally the plot of she dies tomorrow is there's essentially like a quote-unquote disease that's going around it's like a verbal disease that like once you're once it's past you depression you're like oh i'm gonna die tomorrow and like that's all you can think about and so there's this there's a scene where a character wanders into a house and there's michelle rodriguez and this other woman and they're just getting high and she's like i'm dying and they're like we are too (laughs) and they're just like talking about the stuff they're gonna miss you know the women back in the day used to sit in the streams and the streams would take away all the blood for like the whole tribe and the women would get their period at the same time too and like so when the spaniards came and would see the rivers of blood they would think oh they're doing sacrifices (laughs) i love trees i'm gonna miss them and it's so good and i it's clearly she did it as a favor um but i i highly recommend the movie she dies tomorrow it's like it's a horror. It's a thinking person's horror movie. Um, well, I'm out uh, on both counts. <laughs> both being thinking and a person. Um, she does Crisis in 2021, which is a movie that was delayed because of accused cannibal Army Hammer. Yes, as one of the leads. Um, I did watch this. Uh, it's traffic, but about oxycotton. Yes, I was basically. like, oh, it's dope sick the movie, huh? Fast Nine in 2021. Finally, 2023. 
nothing comes out of hers last year actually but uh 2023 you get both dungeons dragon honor among thieves and fast x um i i watched dungeons dragons honor among thieves it's it's on paramount plus now yes uh it's fun i really dug it i i was shocked by how much i liked it same Um, i'm not a dungeons and dragons person but chris pine is out here proving again why he is the best chris best uh, chris previously previous um subject of the lepod um yeah it's fun it's silly it is absolutely not taking itself seriously at all um again just like effortlessly um diverse effortlessly like funny this you know a, a good time and i and i hope you know it it's another um you know fucking series that she can return to over and over again because i yes. i thought holga was such a fun character uh, the jump scare of her husband um being played by or her ex-husband being played by bradley cooper i, I know just, i was like oh my god what um but very fun but <laughs> and then and then also just this week fast x or last week whatever uh yeah she's she's she has quietly and i, I don't think people realize like is a very successful action star you know she's not only in the fast and furious franchise which is a billion dollar grossing you know franchise also avatar you know dungeons and dragons now like it's it she she has serious bank you know um attached to her and i I don't think people think about her that way and i think they fucking should also i do have to say that i did watch um turbo and that movie makes me cry and oh yeah and i love turbo and she is a voice of one of those snails i watched it for uh dreamworks pictures or dreamworks animation episode and i it never left an impression on me but i love that you love it I don't know why, where the fuck I was in my brain, but I was like, he's a snail and he wants to go fast. Um, yeah, she's done, she, she's done a lot of voice work. She did, yeah, she was in the Smurfs, the, the Smurfs reboot movie, I guess. And yeah. And then she's um, also done voice work in like video game stuff, I believe. Yes, yeah, she's done a bunch of video games. Shocked that she hasn't found her way into like an Assassin's Creed or yeah. like a Horizon Zero Dawn situation. Yeah. Um, I do just want to get into some personal life stuff because I think we're probably running a little long, but sure. real quick. Um, she she loves, um, you know, she personal hobbies include tactical gun training. Casual. <laughs> so, uh, skydiving and DJing. She used to ride motorcycles. She actually sold her motorcycle recently. Um, she She's like, I needed to get it out of her system. But when she got her motorcycle, she got her motorcycle the same year her brother lost an arm on a motorcycle. Okay. Yeah. And she was like, uh, she's like, I think I'm okay, done with them now. But uh, um, we did say earlier up top, she is bisexual. She has dated people. She was attached to Cara Delevingne for a bit. And yes. uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of some of the other. Um, oh, the, the Christina Loken, the star of Blood Rain. She was with her for a tiny bit. And Really? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And and so she, yeah, she's the B. As she, she has said she puts the B in the LGBT. Um I, you know, I feel like we should just real quick touch on some of the legal stuff. It sucks. There's no call for it. I'm maybe getting a little softer in my old age. I used to be. My family has been touched by the personal tragedy of drunk driving. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so I've always been very like, fuck anybody who gets behind a wheel drunk. I don't know why you would do it at all. Um, she has had those issues where she's um, yeah, speeding she has a D- violation. She has a DUI. DUI. I mean, yeah. I, I think uh, this there, I promise you, there are more people in your life than you think have a DUI. Um, yeah. Oh, no, is, I know. I know. And, and no, no, no. Not to say that it is a good thing or a right thing. Um, it is just alcohol and our relationship with alcohol is um, a very uh, complicated thing. And right. there are absolutely consequences for, you know, drinking and driving. And God bless that, you know, she has been able to walk away from these issues without anyone getting hurt because right. it is fucking serious. And, but at the same time, I wanted to be clear, like there are a lot of people who have DUIs um, and it doesn't make them bad people. It doesn't make them bad people, right. but it it the it is absolutely like not a fucking K like, you know, because like you said, like people do get hurt. Um, and and lose their fucking lives all the time. Like that's a very common thing. Um and it's and it's a fucking a senseless thing. Um and and yeah, she's definitely gotten in trouble with like you said. I mean, this stems from her even in high school though, getting right. expelled from right. schools, she, fighting. Expelled from school. She got into a fight with a roommate in 2022. But this is all to say she has, you know, she's been sentenced to jail time, she's been sentenced to probation, she's been sentenced to work for mothers against drug driver she has completed all of those she's completed community service you know the these charges go back to 2005 so it's been you know 25 almost 25 years at this point like you know she was younger she's in her mid 40s now she says she's mellowed a lot you know she's served her time but i do want to i don't want to be like ah she never did anything wrong in her life no yeah and i think you know i it, she you know has had to go to you know learn to figure out your relationship to alcohol like takes time and i think when you are i'm sure she had a very complicated has a very complicated relationship to hollywood and celebrity um and, you know, it's unfortunate that it happened, but I, you know, she served her time. And I think it's, it's, I don't know. I, I don't want it to like taint her. And I, I, again, I don't think she's a bad person. Um, right, right. But, but these are like real things like that people have to fucking deal with. And I, you're right. Like, it's better that we talk about it and, and, you know, the best thing we can do for I think the culture is like, you can't ignore this stuff. Like people drink and drive and we have to say that and we have to say that it's fucked up and like, you know, it's not a shame thing. It is just like, you know, make better decisions. Also, she's a young, she was a young Latina woman in Hollywood. I'm sure there was not a lot of support for her. And, and, right. And, well, that's, uh, that's what it always felt like when people talk about her being fired from Lost and it's like, yeah, I'm curious who was like, had her back on that one because there's certainly other people in the Lost cast who got yeah. into trouble during the run of Lost who yeah. are white men and yeah. continue to be on the show. So yeah, yeah, and it's fucked up. And and I'm I'm sure that she was fighting for her life to get everything that she had 
anyway. And, yeah. you know, a lot of people use alcohol to cope for all sorts of things, um, which invariably leads to bad decision making. Um, and and so, yeah, I, at the end of the day, I think, you know, she went through this shit. She's come out through the other side, is still making these movies, still, you know, being an entertainer for all of us. And I think when I see her in these movies, like when I saw her in Dungeons and Dragons, I was like, there is this looseness, but also this like wisdom kind of like, it seems like her acting has really changed. Like, you know, because even though she's being asked to do a lot of the same things still, it feels a lot more like that hardness. There's also baked into it, like a wisdom, like, you know, she's seen a lot. She's seen the world. Like she knows how things work. Um, And so I, yeah, I, I really enjoy seeing her now more than ever um, when she's in these movies doing these things. Me too. I think that's a perfect place to leave off and move into our picks. So why don't we start with our one-star reviews to find out about the stuff we didn't like. Gavin, where do we start? Um, there is there's a lot of stuff here that could easily fall into this category. Um wait, why don't you go first? <laughs> okay. I mean, obviously, like, I'm not going to sit here and talk about the assignment anymore. Um, but know that it is an eternal one-star review for the mixed reviews. We will never like this movie. Uh it, it was talk- our Sigourney one star. Yeah. And it, it was, and and the funny thing is, is I, I, you know, obviously Michelle Rodriguez should have known better, but Sigourney Weaver really should have known better. Yeah. yeah. I digress. I think the true one-star review in all of this has got to be Blood Rain. Yeah, it is. It is. You're right. You're right. I- it's just such a badly made movie. There's clearly, like... Yeah, they like I don't I don't even know you know they they the the Guinevere Turner who wrote the script um said that essentially what happened was um UA Bull was like we need a script and she was like well let me take a crack at it she wrote a first pass of the script and UA Bull was like great let's make this movie and le- like went away with it and she was like what the fuck like that's not how this works and so then he rewrote the movie and then he let the actors rewrite the movie wow um, there's so much in it that doesn't make any sense it's it's so cheap like it's literally if if it had not been shot um in Romania where there's actual castles, literally the castles would have been cardboard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Herself, uh, for her part, um, Michelle Rodriguez, she's a member of the Brimstone Society. She distrusts Rain so much so as to write, she's writing a letter to Daddy yeah. to tell him yeah. how much she doesn't trust him. Um, and then she betrays them. She speaks in a weird British accent occasionally. Um, Very occasionally. Yeah very occasionally there's lots of bad fight scenes there's a fight scene between her and uh, christiana locken um former lover and it feels (laughs) like the swords are like barely touching it's like very like i see you've been training clink clink (laughs) clink clink (laughs) not well enough i see they have taught you well hardly i was trained in battle by a great warrior one whom has long disappeared fighting alongside Brimstone, my father. Where is this warrior now? 
He is now a cursed enemy, the vampire. My loyalties lie with Vladimir and the brimstone my father protected as a human. Because you said that they were like just making shit up on the spot, you can tell because they're talking in such a forced like, but what would your father think about that? Come close. Like, it's so stilted. And that's why, girlies, we gotta pay our writers. We gotta get the strike over <laughs> we with. Got, we, we gotta, gotta get that strike over with. <laughs> we gotta we pay our writers. We cannot have any No. We cannot have any more blood rains. You it, it all must be stopped. <laughs> I will say, it is so funny to me that, you know, her big scene partner for most of the movie is Michael Madsen. And she's trying this affected pseudo British accent. And Michael Madsen's literally just doing the thing that he does. Yep. Like, He's like, no. He, he said working with you ball was awful and the movie is a pile of garbage but uh he would willingly do it again <laughs> I, I mean, mean he's he he's since passed away but like he made his money so yeah, like yeah uh yeah very i agree with you like there really is no other choice because specifically like it is a bad movie but also she is actively bad she's yeah lost cuz not- cuz like the breed is watchable. The breed is fun. She's giving a performance. Yeah. Um. I I don't think any of the you know Resident Evil movies dip to to that level of. No. Yeah. They're like I, I wouldn't say Resident Evil's good, but like it's right an easy popcorny, you know, like movie. Um. The 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 but Blood Rain is actively like there's no fun to be had there. Nothing. No. All right. Well, that was easy. All right. Let's get out of here. Let's talk about our five star. I my five star review, even though I think there are perhaps better movies she's been in, I'm going this time with where I thought she gave the best performance, and for me, that is 2007's Battle in Seattle. Um, I there is a scene in that movie where. She has been arrested. So has the leader of their um, crew, played by Martin Henderson. He's, like, just gotten the shit beat out of him by fucking Woody Harrelson. You mentioned before that Charlize um, plays a woman who loses her baby in the protest. She's married to Woody Harrelson, who is a cop. And so he's feeling very complicated feelings about, like, how basically cops fucking killed his unborn child. But also he's being heckled and has to forced to work i mean this movie does do a good job i think of like it's not just that like cops are bad and it's not like protests are good and we should listen to protesters they actively go out of the way to be like listen man we're both making shit money our lives like you you he literally calls in to be like i have to be at home with my wife she just fucking lost a child and they're like no come to work and yeah, I, I mean, I, I do think the movie is, a, like, because it's funny, because I, I did find that, um uh, now I can't, Stuart Townsend said the thing about, like, he he wanted to create a movie where, like, no one was to blame. But I do think, like, it does shine quite a bit of light on the fact that, like, police are always an escalant. Like, yes, yes. They, I mean, they, yeah. They, and yes, like there, so there's, like, the, the base level of, like, police are always the ones who are turning things violent. Like that is, cannot be, um, cannot argue with that. Like they are the ones fucking shit up. But on like a galaxy brain level thing, it's like these people are working at the behest of 
people right. in power who right. would are answering to bureaucrats who want to keep power as a and so he, there's a moment where he's like listen man like i just think it's really funny that the guys who are making billions of dollars you know they're the enemies and we're the ones that have to fucking fight it out on the streets yeah I, anyway he there's a moment in jail where jay and her are in separate cells but there's a there's a wall between them and and she's she's losing you know faith in in the, in the cause and he tells her like hold my hand and so they're holding hands through like the jail cell and she's she's having this really emotional moment and i just hadn't seen like that level of humanity or like just like naked humanity you know this is a guy who they they do have like a sexual relationship but also they kind of just met she's been through her own protest life he's been through his own protest life they both have their own agenda um but they're both like in the shit you know they both have just like been fighting and fighting and beat down and and the things that they are caring about are so like big it's so heavy to be like yeah throw your fucking life away because this is that important um yeah and 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 again i do think the movie is not a perfect movie at all i think there's no. It's 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 so clearly has an agenda and it's not afraid to like hide it. It's okay. Hey. I didn't know you had it in you too. What? That voice. The one that tells you that if you don't stand up and fight, everything that's beautiful is gonna be taken away. I think one of the the things that I don't like about the movie is that the movie is very aggressive and like this is the problem and and don't you see yeah. this problem and and if we could just do this thing and you know because I think the thing about this movie is that it, it has such an aggressive agenda and it wants to not only be a form of entertainment it wants to be educational um there's the whole plot line of like the the reporter who like yeah learns that like oh it is crazy and like not even the and, and it is true, not even the media is sacred. Like the police will fuck up. There are reporters out there who are getting arrested at protests for literally just covering the news. That is a reality. And so like the movie does go off a little bit the rails here and there, but I do think Michelle is at her best here. She's not in tactical gear, and she can actually have that rage and fury that people like about her performances. Um but putting it towards um, something that's a lot smaller, you know, like not a fucking, you know, billion cars crashing or something. So, right. Um, that's Battle in Seattle. It's a smaller movie. Um, I believe it's free on Tubi or something. So check it out. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go in a completely different direction. I if There was a while here where I was like, is Girl Fight just sort of the logical because I do think Girl Fight is really worth watching, and and um, also a little harder to find. Did you have trouble finding Girl Fight? I didn't. I didn't find it the easiest to locate. Yeah, Maybe it's not not the easiest place. Like you will have to go into dark webs to find it. Yeah. Uh, uh, but but worth it if you can. Um, yes. But uh, 
I will say, and this may come as a surprise to you, um, I think my favorite performance from Michelle Rodriguez is Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Wow. I was I was shocked when I watched this movie. I think she's so good and so funny. And just given this opportunity to play this, play with the type of character that normally she's given and, but like elevate it and give it a real heart and give it a real humanity. And, you know, essentially um, she plays this barbarian who like enters into Chris Pine's life. Chris Pine's a bard who has a child and his wife has died. She's been killed by red mages and she like, becomes the surrogate mother to this child mm-hmm. and they're questing to get this child back because they go to prison for uh, basically a, a bad um, heist that they did with a mage and a con man. And I think she's so fun and so tender. Uh, you know, the stuff with the child is so well handled and so like, and but then she has these scenes with Chris Pine where you where you get this real love between these two characters that is a platonic, yeah, friendly love. I mean, one of my favorite scenes is she makes fun of him for his pumped lips, and I'm gonna die on this hill. I talked about it in the Chris Pine episode. He is getting Restylane in those lips. You can't tell me otherwise. And the fact that she calls him out on it on yeah. film, yeah, she's like, oh no, your lips are gross. They're too big. Too big for um, your face. Yeah. Um, it's a really funny movie. I don't, you know, I had dinner with uh, our former guest, Christy Puchko and her husband, Zach, the other night. And Zach is heavily into d and I played D&D as a kid, like three or four times at Boy Scout camp, but never. Uh, but this movie really reminded me of playing D&D. And that's what I liked about it. And Zach said the same thing. Zach was like, I think the movie is a really good, fun D&D campaign. Does that advance cinema? I don't know. And I, I was like, you know, mate, sometimes it doesn't have to advance cinema. Sometimes it, I, I think that's what's great about this movie. This movie, um, I also this weekend saw Fifth Element on the big screen for the first time in years. And it really reminds, it has that tone where mm. it's an action movie and there's big stakes, but it's not taking itself so seriously. It's allowing itself to be colorful and fun and with characters that you like and care about and I, I'm trying not to, I'm just like dancing around giving too much away about Michelle Rodriguez's character, but there's some really touching stuff towards the end of the movie that shocked me. I was yeah. like, I was like, no, why yeah. are you making me like get emotional? Some supper for you and your wife? What? Me with that? Stop, well, Those lips? So gross. Just the drinks. So we take a boat down to Baldur's Gate and then head north. While we're looking for Forge, mm-hmm. I'll pay Marleman a visit. You sure you really want to put yourself through that? What if he doesn't want to talk to you? It's not about what he wants. Mm-hmm. It's about closure. He sent you a letter saying he wasn't your husband anymore. Wasn't that closure? You wouldn't understand. I don't. I clearly, clearly don't. Very good pick. And 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 again, I think, to my point, like I think you're right. Like she's. It's almost as if she has taken all these like 20 years of in the industry and like it's all led to this. You know, she's able to use all those things because it is emotional. It is funny. It is action packed. Like all the things that you could want. um, It's kind of it's kind of reminding me of like, you know, we've we've like Michelle Yeoh can do all those things. Right. Like we've talked about like there are only a few actresses who can like, uh, you know, 
do the action, do the comedy, do the drama. And am I saying Michelle Rodriguez is as good as Michelle Yeoh? No, she's not. Like, she just isn't. Right. But The range isn't there, but... But I do think, like, you know, there are not a lot of actress girlies who can do all the badassery things that Michelle Rodriguez does. And and that's, um, you know, I don't want to, like, short-shift her there for for those amazing things. Um, anything else we want to talk about that, that we really liked? I mean, girl fight, come on. Girl fight, obviously. Yeah, that's the, you know, I... I think I'd be remiss. And and I do think she gives a lot of dimension to Letty Ortiz in the fast films. They're not all great. They're not most of them aren't great. <laughs> a third of them aren't great. But she's good. <laughs> she's good in the in the ones that, you know, she's allowed to do something else in. And then obviously widows. Yeah. I mean, just go to bat for widows every chance that I get. Yeah, absolutely. Widows was a was a very very fun watch. Like that's a good movie to watch with your parents. It's just like it really uh, it's a thinker, but it's also like very actiony. And Viola's fucking bringing it, as she always does. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um. So yeah. All right. Let's do our mixed reviews review. Our collective one star review was. 2005's Blood Rain. Correct. Oh, the most correct. Uh, my five-star review was 2023's Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Last week's <laughs> Dungeons yeah. & Dragons. Uh, my five-star <laughs> review is 2007's Battle in Seattle. All right, let's get into our fast-forward. It's funny. So she's on her press tour right now for yes. Fast X. She literally just completed a press tour for Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, it it was like the videos for all the yeah. like video interviews for Dungeons and Dragons stopped and they just started for Fast. Um, so there's not a ton on her docket. I mean, essentially, it's the next Fast and Furious, the part two of the one that just came out. Um, she said, and- though, that she's she's stepping away. Yes. You know, like that, that, that it, her time in the fast universe is coming to an end. Um, but it's funny because people still keep asking her about the all female fast franchise, right. which was something she had been pushing for since part six. She's been really like, it's time to let the girls play. She's since pulled back a little bit on that. When you do something in the name of a girl movement, it, you're placating to an audience that doesn't want to see that. Like most girls want to see badass girls go at each other naturally, not not because you think girls are hot right now. I unfortunately hate that we live in this reality where right. she has to think that way. Right. But I also I also understand her position of being like, I don't want to do it if it's just like, hey, we're the women of fast. You yeah. Know, yeah. It, like lip she, service. Yeah. I think she and she said, you know, like. It's time to make way for the new generation, like and and you know, yeah. passing the baton and and I think that's a a very noble, um, you know, she she could if she wanted to just fucking milk this cash cow until she died, and like which is I'm what sh- Vin Diesel is going to do. Absolutely, he's <laughs> fucking directing them now, I guess, or whatever. Like, uh, <laughs> he said, "Oh, The Rock wants to start shit. Get the fuck out of my franchise, bitch." Um, <laughs> I think like if they do do an all female fast, I'm sure she'll do a, a tip spot, you know, whatever. But I don't think she needs to be like the center of the universe, and and yeah, um, and that and, and good for her. I you know, I don't I, know. I mean, she she's also like I said, mid forties. She doesn't want to be. You know, she said that they don't really allow her to do her own stunts anymore, which is why I I 
did also really like in Dungeons and Dragons. When it is her, it's very clearly her. Right. right. And and they do a good job at like keeping the balance between her and stunt person. But she she said when they did Resident Evil in Germany, uh, before it was in the EU, it was like all bets are off when it came to doing stunts. They were like using real guns and everything. She oh was my just, god. Like, She's yeah. like, please. Um but yeah, the I don't I so I don't know. I mean I would love for her to do more I a I would love for her to produce more. She says she loves to write. She's been writing things for years. I'd love to see something that she's written get produced. But also, I'd love to see her do a little a little more like you know that Dominican film, yeah, and, and like producing, putting her money into helping other people out in a way that you know she, she was uh, the the rising tide lifts all boats essentially. Yeah. Like she, you know, she wants to help other people out to bring them up with her and i think like i said that's why she did she dies tomorrow which is the tippiest of tip spots but she's very good in it and i would love to see more stuff like that where she's just like lends her name essentially comes in does a couple days of work maybe and and like is like no this is a thing you should see and brings an audience to it you know what i i just had this thought because i was like you know i i there are moments in the fast series where like you know, because fast movies like have the little like humor moments where they're kind of like razzing each other and, and ripping each other a little bit. Like I love those moments when she's able to just like kind of hang and like, you know, have the beer and and be a little cunty. As it's long like, as it's Corona. As long as it's Corona. Don't be crazy. Um, and I got to thinking like, you know, I don't think I need her in a rom-com per se, but like, have you read ex- the new Exterminators, um, the, the X-Men book? Yes. Yeah, that sort of tone. That. Yes. Yeah. Like, I need her to be, like, with her Jubilee, Boom Boom, Wolverine, and, like, just gals cutting up. That tone is, to me, at least, it's like a superhero version of The Sweetest Thing. Yes. That's, like, inappropriate. Like, there was, oh, oh my God, I, it's, like, that book... It made me laugh so hard. So hard. And and I oftentimes am just reading comic books on the subway. So like, yeah, like yeah, that. Same. And so so listeners, if if you are comic book people at all, Exterminators, it's a it's a new series. And it literally yeah, is like it was short lived, but Yeah, yeah. Short lived, like I think like maybe seven issues. Uh stars Jubilee, Boom Boom, Wolverine, and I'm forgetting one. Um oh, Dazzler. Uh, Dazzler. 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 Yeah. How could you forget Allison? And honestly, maybe it's a show, you know, like, yeah. like if, if, cause she could like slay in a, um, not as like, uh, high society version of like sex in the city, you know, where it's like yeah. gals talking shit, you know, being a mess, um, figuring stuff out. Um, I want that for her. I, I, yeah. I think because again, we also oftentimes see her in movies with fucking men and what if we saw her with other women and that's maybe why i do like her in the fast movies where she like gets to like there are other gals around that she can like play with um yeah but in a lot of the movies it's like she's just one of the boys um and i want to see her be one. i mean even even dungeons and dragons falls into that a little bit yeah like and i and i want to see her be one of the boys with the girls Yes, I agree. I if, agree. I think she, I think that's if she's gonna be one of the boys, they better be gay boys. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I and I I think she is looking for that career change as well too. Because I think 
she knows as she gets older the action chantreuse is like yeah, yeah. not the, sustainable right and, no absolutely not um but who so. knows maybe there'll be more dungeons and dragons movies ahead um yeah i would love and that. that does and that does have a comedic tone that does have a lot of com- comedy in it so like yeah but i think she's if, good in it if there is more of that, I would hope there would be more female characters involved in the future Same. as well. Same. Well, that, I guess, wraps up Michelle. I, I truly do, you know, this was, we were talking like the slog of watching all these Fast and Furious movies. Like, they clearly aren't made for us. Um, but I will <laughs> say, you know, it is no small feat to be a latino anything <laughs> um much less a celebrity um and to be you know she's fucking rocking for bisexuals out there for tomboys out there um and she and she's fucking making bank okay yeah. so i i am very happy that we did michelle i think you know it's the essence of our show you take the good you take the bad and boy does she have both of those things she absolutely does um but, uh, but i'm but i'm glad and we we're able to, and i and i i hope that um you listeners out there aren't like oh my god michelle really, uh, you know um because- yeah no i i truly i truly think this is an episode worth listening to obviously i mean obviously we're doing it so i think it's no, a, no, no, but, but I, like but also like that her movies are worth watching and that her contribution to the art of filmmaking is is worthwhile yes. you know like there are diamonds uh, in the rough here um, and, and beyond that, like, I think she is doing a lot for, uh, you know, Latino actors, um, you know, because it, it's not every day that someone who looks like her and has her name is making millions of dollars in these super huge, enormous movies. Absolutely. So if you want to tell us what you think about Michelle Rodriguez, you can always tweet at us at, at the mixed reviews on Twitter. You can also just send us a little message on Facebook. Just type in the mixed reviews. You can email us at reviewsmixed at gmail.com. Why don't you slide into our DMs over on Instagram? We're at the underscore mixed underscore reviews. <laughs> or if you want to listen to our entire back catalog, just like you listen to this episode, we're on every major podcast app. And while you're there, why not leave us a five star rating and write us a little review? If you do, we'll read it on the show. Yeah. I'm trying to think like. Does someone else have the mixed reviews on Instagram? You know what? I don't care if they do because when you type in, when you Google the mixed reviews Instagram, we come up first, baby. <laughs> come on, um, algorithm. Also, join us uh, on our Patreon. Where we have a lot of fun with our Patreon patrons. We're on we're on Discord all the time, chatting with them. And yeah, uh, join us there. It's a lot of fun, and you get video episodes of us you get bonus episodes of us we're gonna do one and i'm saying it because i'm willing it into reality i know he's a very busy person manifesting yes we're gonna do one on jane fonda because she had three films out this year with dan mecca he's coming back yes we're we're bringing all the hot girls back (laughs) um but yeah, so thank you very much for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with an episode about Pam Greer. Yes, Pam Greer, voted by our voted by you guys, but ultimately decided by our Patreon friends. So thank you all for participating in May Madness. And we will see you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
What's wrong with being? What's wrong with being? What's wrong with being confident? Uh -huh. What's wrong with being? What's wrong with being? What's wrong with being confident? Uh -huh. It's time to get the change.